Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Beyond the Glory podcast. We very we have a very studious episode for you today. <laughs> it's our faculty athletic representative, Dr. Amanda Sepulveda. Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, we classes in session today. Do I need to take notes today? I brought my pen and paper. <laughs> what, what, what is today's topic and subject? Are you teaching us today? Well. Technically today, I'm talking about my position as the FAR. Okay, all right. I studied for that. I'm ready for that test. That's, that's good. <laughs> um, I got to ask you out of the gate here, amongst all the craziness and pandemic, how, how are you doing? How's the family? I know careers changed a little bit on yeah. campus and trying to teach in this environment. How are you? Um, we're good. My husband actually works here too, which we'll probably talk about, but our family's good. Everybody's healthy, so um, we're adjusting pretty well, I think. I get, I've, I've told this story on our side of things with athletics, a day I'll never forget. March 12th was a Thursday, and we GGC told everyone to go home yeah. for about two weeks, and that turned into the rest of the semester, and championships and graduation was canceled. What, what was the wave of information you got amongst uh, such a crazy time? Yeah, I wasn't on campus that day, but I was at home, and yeah, I was actually watching the NBA. And that's how I found out. I was like, oh, the, the world is going to stop for a little while because the NBA is stopping. Um, but yeah, I still came to class that Friday afterwards because we had just, just stopped attending. And I had like maybe 10 students or something. And it was, it was really strange. And we were like, okay, well, I guess this is the last time we'll be seeing each other in person for this semester. Um, but yeah, it, it has been different. I teach a lot online. So I think the transition was a little easier for me. But but yeah, kind of scary, and um, but now I think everybody's feeling a little better. And getting, I think no one's going to be comfortable with it, but I think at the very least we're getting acclimated to it. Yeah. And, and this semester is almost over. Finals is coming up. We'll get to that too as well. Mm -hmm. But in, in your opinion, how has the students adapted to the hybrid model of what's been this semester? I think it's, it really depends on the class. I have two classes this semester. I have one that's at 10 o'clock, and I have... Um, a 12 o'clock and my 10 o'clock has really they've had a lot of trouble honestly they don't seem to really like the online environment as much so I, I have more students in there who are struggling for sure but it's so weird because my 12 o'clock is very much the opposite they I mean almost everyone in there has an A they just they require very little attention I can post things they come to all the online meetings and they seem to be really thriving um, so my guess is it's more of kind of an individual experience for people. Some people are thriving. They're used to the online environment. And other people, um, other of our students are really struggling to kind of get used to it. I'm sure we could get into a whole dissertation on individual students' yeah. needs and attention mm. for how they learn and how they grow visually and, and all that fun stuff. Right. Um, but I, w I just wanted to start with your journey a little bit and tell your story. How did you get into teaching? <laughs> and at what point did you say, you know, Teaching at uh, higher education was for me. Long story. Well, I was never a good student. Like in high school, I, I, I had detention like most of the time. Um, so my goal was always like, if I can just get out of high school, I will never go back. Um, which is kind of ironic because then I ended up staying in school for, you know, 10 years or something after that. But, but yeah, I just um, after high school realized that like I had nothing to do. You know, <laughs> I had no job. I had no, really nothing to do with my time. So I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll go to college. Um, and I went to a little community college um, 
called Central Alabama Community College. Um, and I just, I loved it. I mean, I was still a bad student for a while. I was like one of those students who, <laughs> one student, one, one semester I'd be on the dean's list and the next semester like I would fail everything and then I'd be on the dean's list. And so I was very flaky. Um, it took a little while um, and then I went to Auburn University Montgomery, which is like Auburn University's little sister campus. Um, and I, that's when I really got serious. I had wonderful teachers and um, a lot of my teachers from, from my undergrad, they came to my graduation for my PhD program. So I loved it there. Um, I still never really thought I would be a teacher. I just kind of, I majored in bio um, and wanted to be like some kind of biologist. I don't know. I, I was also flaky about my major. I changed it like, I, I don't know, a lot of times. Um, but I ended up with a degree in English and a minor in bio. Um, and yeah, I still never thought I would teach. I wasn't really sure what I would do. And I graduated from college and was like, still don't have a job. You know, still, still don't know what I'm going to do. You just delayed that process by going, to, by going to college. And then Auburn was like, well, you know, if you just keep going to school, like, we'll pay for your school and you can, you know, work for us some. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I went to a master's program and the rest is kind of history. It was, but it definitely a slow thing. I don't have teachers in my family um, or anything like that. So it was just kind of a, a slow process of, um, going through grad school and getting some training specifically for teaching and realizing I kind of had a knack for it um, and the rest is history yeah very cool well history has brought you here to GGC mm -hmm. and I love hearing people's perspective of no one ever teaches in my, in my family so I become a teacher yeah. then you chase a career then try to explain to your people to your to your family and your friends what Georgia Gwinnett College is so what attracted you to GGC um, well, you know, when I, when I finished my PhD program and I was applying for jobs, I applied everywhere. I mean, I interviewed in like Montana and Colorado and places in Alabama and Georgia. Um, and GGC was actually one of the last places I interviewed. Um, I interviewed in like summer and for a fall position. So it was really late. Um, but I, I knew that I wanted to be somewhere that was super diverse. So a very diverse student body. Um, and because I specialize a little bit more in um, students who are at risk. Um, so I, and I only typically only work with freshmen. Um, I can work with, you know, seniors or even graduate students, but I prefer to work with freshmen and I prefer to work with at risk. So um, that's GGC seemed like the perfect fit. It was a super diverse campus. It was a new campus. When I got here, there were only, I think, 55 hundred students because wow. I got here in 2010 in August of 2010 um, and so it was a perfect fit for me it was diverse it was still building so I and I mean I have had the opportunity to really like build programs um, here so that was that was good yeah and I love I love Gwinnett County I'm, I'm, I'm super happy living here um, love my neighborhood love love the GGC community so very cool. You could probably give us a, an oral history of GGC Athletics. If you were here in 2010, you've seen this real estate, what it looked like. This building wasn't even here. It wasn't here, no. Neither was a studio or none of it. We didn't have athletes or anything like it. So nope. as the athletes, uh, excuse me, as athletics becomes a part of George Gwinnett College, how did you end up getting involved uh, with the athletic department in your time? Yeah, you know, before, um, 
when I got here, of course, I knew that there wasn't any athletics, but um, it kind of slowly I began to realize that we were growing some athletics, um, and I didn't know a lot about it. Really how I got involved here is the, the person who had this position before me, Suzanne Biedenbach, she was just one of my, my really close friends. Um, and so I actually knew before most people that she was going to be leaving um, because we were friends. And um, when I found out, I was kind of like, well, what about your FAR position? And, and I wanted it. <laughs> I was like, I would love to have that position. And um, she also thought that it would, it would be good for me. Um, I've always liked, I've always been athletic. I've always, I mean, I did athletic things since I could walk. Um, and have always been interested in it. And so she was like, well, we'll hook you up with a meeting with Dr. Potter and just see, you know, if, if we think it'll work out. And yeah, we had a meeting with him together and she helped me kind of transition into this position. Um, but that's how I really just knew the, the person who had this position and voiced like a clear interest, like, yeah, I'd love, I want to do that. Um, so it worked out. Very cool. You mentioned FAR. Faculty Athletic Representative, <clears throat> FAR is the acronym mm -hmm. for it. Uh, describe what that person does. Uh, you don't have to speak in the third person, but uh, <laughs> yeah, describe what you do for, for our student athletes in the athletic department. Right, so a FAR is a, a faculty member, so you have to be a full-time faculty member. And then my office is here in the athletic building. Um, but basically, I would say one of my main tasks is just advising um, student athletes. So. I have a lot of my mentees are now, you know, they're athletes. Um, I still have other mentees who aren't athletes, but so I do a lot of just academic advising. These are the kind of classes you should take. Um, I advise athletes that are not my mentees for sure, because they'll get advice from their mentor and then they want to check with me if, you know, about eligibility and, and other things like that. Um, so a lot of advising, a lot of just um, answering emails and texts about, students kind of panicking about a class or, you know, grades or eligibility. So there's definitely um, a lot of that. And I, I mean, I like to do it. It's, it's a way that, you know, I keep, keep in touch with all the athletes and my other students too. Um, I, find, I find a lot of tutors, you know, so like if, if students are struggling in a certain discipline, especially now with COVID, they can't just like walk in the tutoring center or whatever. So I'll try to hook them up with specific um, tutors and show them how to get online tutoring and stuff like that. So that that's important. Um, let's see. But yeah, I mean, and a lot of just general questions, even if they're questions I can't answer. So if they're like financial aid related, you know, I don't have access to that information or whatever. Um, I'll still find them the person. Um, even like just this week, you know, I got a student asking me questions about like, should they change their major? And they were thinking about changing from English to business. Um, and so I met with them and talked about, you know, we just talked about like what an English major was and what the pros were and the cons. Um, and then I even set them up with another um, English faculty member so that way they could get at least two perspectives. I mean, it's a huge decision um, to, to change your major, to think about your life career. Um, so I do that a lot. Like I'll find people other faculty to meet with so they can kind of get ideas about careers or whatever. You, you, stole, you, you gave a good <laughs> answer to the next question I got uh -huh. because I'm going to tell you a story about my FAR when I was a student athlete there was this negative stigmatism that it was like the principal's office so uh -huh. like you didn't want to go to the FAR because 
you were, were failing trouble. or you were in trouble or below yeah. your GPA to stay eligible. So we did everything we could to stay out of there. Yeah. And so the first year <laughs> I was here at GDC, I'd literally I'd walk past your office to get to my office down the hall. And I start to realize that like, oh, our superstar striker is in there talking to Dr. B or like, you know, our, yeah. our, our shortstop is in there. And I'm like, man, are we in trouble all the time? Mm. And then I actually learned how you guys help everyone. It's not just, just the troubled mm, ones no. or the, 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 the borderline academic grade ones. We've got phenomenal GPAs in this athletic department, and you have a lot to do with that. Yeah, I, I try to, um, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely not um, where I'm only meeting with students who are like on academic probation or anything like that. I mean, I meet with lots of students for lots of different concerns. Some of them aren't even academic. You know, like I get students who are homesick and they just want somebody to talk to. And I like to talk, so I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> I knew you were the right guest for the show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I will talk for sure. Um, and I like, I mean, I like being with young people and, and helping them. And um, so yeah, I, li I like that aspect of my job. But I do meet with students who are on probation. I mean, that's a big part of my job. Um, to try to make sure that they're, you know, they're getting their grades back on track and having like plans that will help them, you know, make sure they do their homework and just little tasks. Because normally my experience with athletes has been incredible. I mean, they're some of my best students before I even had this position, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about them so much. Um, but yeah, that is also part of my job. But no, they're not usually in trouble when they're, when they're in my office, only sometimes. Only sometimes. Mm -hmm. We'll take that. And that's the coaches. You know. <laughs> the coaches are sending them to you. I mean, See, that was me. I was like, if coach would send me to the principal's office, I know I'm in trouble. Yeah. So, that's, that's, uh, so that definitely does happen. But they're, um, I don't think I'm very scary. So, mm -mm. so I don't feel like students come and they're like, oh, she's like mad at me or something. I feel like they realize, you know, I'm just going to help them. So Very nice. Very nice. I think you mentioned the super diverse GDC <laughs> campus. I think one of the most fascinating things that I love sharing and telling the stories of our international students and describe some of the challenges. You mentioned them just being homesick and want somebody to talk to outside of their program. Describe some of those challenges that international students have versus our, our local or American-born yeah. uh, student athletes <clears throat> that we have. Well, I mean, homesickness is for real. I mean, it, it also happens to students who are just like a state away or something, you know, so it's not that uncommon. but. They can't, you know, if you're international, typically, you, it's not like you can go home for the weekend or like maybe even for like Thanksgiving or something like that. It's, it's very difficult to fly home. So um, I know that that's hard for a lot of internationals, especially our younger internationals. You know, they're not used to being on their own and being away from home. A lot of them aren't. Um, and I think definitely there is a cultural kind of adjustment. Um, everything from our education system can be very different. Um, you know, I was just meeting with um, a Swedish student, um, athlete, and their education system is very different. When they go to college, they typically go into their program. So like if they're going in exercise science, they go into exercise science. They don't like do two years of like a core, you know, uh, a general education core. So it's, it's very different. Um, so those academic differences, the cultural differences, language, differences are obviously um, something that, that they deal with. But one thing I found for international students is um, in a lot of cases they're just adjusting better to the online education because they've grown up in systems that have 
um, a lot of online education. So uh, that seems to be working well for them. GDC has done a really good job on the field and those athletic prowesses are in our trophy cases and it's all over our websites and the billboards in this building. But just this past September, as in two months ago, mm -hmm. the NAI had some academic recognition to 15 Grizzlies who had a 3.5 GPA wow. or higher, who were just juniors and seniors. They didn't even count the underclassmen. Mm -hmm. And then there was two teams that had team GPAs of 3.25 or better, women's soccer and softball are those your championship moments when you when you get those announcements and you, but where do you where do you get your reward in working with with students yeah i mean that that's that's awesome to hear i mean a 3.5 gpa is a very strong gpa no matter what the field is so that's something to be super proud of um team gpas i think are something to be super proud of too i mean you've got a whole group of people that are responsible for building those so um yeah i think most of my reward is just kind of like daily stuff when i'm when I'm meeting with students and I'm hearing that, that they're doing well and um, they're doing well in their classes and they're adjusting well to campus life. Um, and just knowing that um, I'm helping them in some way, I think is kind of just my, my daily reward. Because I'm sure you've seen, if you're a sports fan, the team wins a championship and the coach gets the Gatorade cooler <laughs> yep. dumped on them. I don't want that. You, we, I mean, we can, we got coolers downstairs. We can come to your office mm. and dump a Gatorade cooler mm. on you. No, thank you. Is it, why is that a thing? I've always wondered that. Like, you don't want water dumped on you. So no, I'll take we, a cookie or something. A cookie. There we go. We, we'll send it out there to our whole athletic department. When you when you walk across that stage of graduation, bring Dr. S some cookies. She cookie, would appreciate that. cake, pie, any of that. That, See, that would we're, work. We, we're going to get along just fine. I'm in the same exact boat. Um, talk to me about some of the challenges that, that we've had to face with our student athletes this semester and the fact that George Winnett has gone to a hybrid model. The athletes are at least around and able to practice limitedly, but mm -hmm. maybe not out of, definitely out of their routine of going to class, going to practice, and going to training every single day. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's been harder for me meeting with students because normally I would sit like I would sit down with a student, we would have a computer and I would be able to like, look around their computer and like look at their classes and and I really I can't even get that close to them you know um, and it's really hard now with the, the multi-factor authentication because I can't sit at home and like look at their grades you know it, there's just there's just no way for me to do that so I, I'm meeting with a lot of them virtually um, and we can kind of talk and then I have to kind of look up their grades afterwards and stuff um, but, you know, they're adjusting pretty well and they seem pretty willing to meet me virtually. Um, I think they like the virtual stuff. They don't have to come into my office. They can like sit at home and, and it's fine with me too because I can sit at home as well. I've done some meetings from my closet because um, I have a lot of animals and they're very loud. Um, but yeah, we just make it work. You know, I've, I've met with people, like I've had my laptop in my car and like sat outside the building and met with people in my car virtually because you know it's just got to get done um but for the most part we make it work um i can still meet everybody i still feel like because i was really worried i would feel like um that i didn't know them especially like the new athletes the ones that that i don't already have a relationship with or just students because it's really different to have a class where like i haven't seen them you know like seeing their faces and somebody's camera's always broken, you know. Oh, yeah. Their camera's always broken. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm like, if I have to turn my camera on at 8 a.m., you should have to turn your camera on, too. <laughs> That's a good policy. I like that. <laughs> it is, yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, I, I am feeling like I can still get to know the students and the athletes, even if it has to be virtually. So, well, it's virtual for now. We hope the hybrid model is is temporarily. With the new semester coming this spring, we're hoping that the athletes get back to the fields and sports of competition. Yeah, it seems like they will. Hopefully, some some routine happens. We can use you normal all you want to, but I think it's going to be a new normal. But that yeah. routine and that uh, uh, constr that um, that construction in, uh, is very important for for our student athletes. But again, thank you so much. Uh, you said we're making it work. Dr. Yeah, S, well, you're making it work really well for us. And, great, thank you. Uh, I hope people don't get too distracted when they go downstairs and see the trophy case that's full of all the championships. Don't be distracted by the AD honor roll that's the board that's to the left of that. And uh, yeah. we've got over half our athletes on that list every that's single awesome. semester. That's and you have a lot to do with that. Thank well, you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Any before I let you go, you see our athletes just as much as, as Dale or I do, and sometimes our coaches. Mm -hmm. Do you got a vibe for the spring? Are they excited? Do you got, do you have any predictions? What is, I want to hear athletic <laughs> my, predictions my from athletic our academic advisor here at GGC. Um, I say everybody wins everything. Everybody wins everything. And everybody gets cookies. Everybody gets cookies. I like that the best. Dr. S, thank you so much for being on the show here today. Uh, if, you you got to give me a grade. How, how, in class, as a student, <laughs> how did I do today? Um, I, think, I think you definitely get an A. Yes! You were prepared. You had your questions ready. Um, yeah, so definitely an A. We're going to put that in the trophy case downstairs. That's one of the few A's I've ever gotten in my <laughs> career. So we're going to take that and put it on the wall somewhere. That's good. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me.